0: Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Ready to start a new series this morning? A series called Story. We all have a story. You've got a story. I've got a story. Story. You know, at a simplistic level, you could say my story's a little bit like this. I was born in the western suburbs of Sydney. Look how cute I was uh, when I was born. And then little baby becomes a boy and gets sent to school with the worst bowl cut in the history of the world. Boy meets girl and haircut doesn't get too much better finds himself very lucky to keep girl. Boy marries girl and she's a hottie but she wears a dress that looks like a big white meringue. (laughs) Boy gets a really good job. He just works on Sundays and nobody has any idea what he does for the rest of the week. Boy ends up with a family. Boy gets old and becomes a grandpa. And one day boy will work long enough that he can get old, put up his feet and retire. (laughs) You know, you could say, you could say that's the story of my life. But I think we'd all agree that there's got to be more to life than that. There's got to be more to life than... Being born, getting a good education so we can get a good job, so we can make enough money to keep a pretty girl happy and eventually put up our feet and retire and take life easy. There's got to be more to life than that. You know, we're sitting here in whatever stage we're at in the story of our lives, we know there's these deep yearnings for more within us. There's a hunger. For more there's hunger for significance you know there's a there's a hunger for purpose there's, there's a hunger for for hope you know beyond retirement, beyond the grave you know, there's these hopes and dreams and hunger and passion within us there 's got to be more to life than what we can see and so many of you in this room have actually seen God at work in your life, God at work speaking into those hungers and those, those fears and those passions and giving you purpose and setting you free from darkness, bringing, bringing transformation in your life when you're afraid and bringing peace in the midst of challenging situations. Many of you here in this room have got a, a story not just an Instagram story full of photos and big events in your life, but a story of God at work in your life. And in Psalm 107, the first verse is the most repeated verse in the Bible. It says, you know, give thanks to the Lord for his good and His love endures forever. Most repeated verse in the Bible, obviously really important. But then the second verse, it says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story." You know, those that actually have discovered that there is more to life than what we can see, have discovered that there truly is a God whose love endures forever and has transformed their life. Is saying, if that's you, if that's you, if God is in your story, you've actually become part of God's big story. He's satisfied those hungers. He's given you purpose. He's he's given you hope for the future. He's shone a light into the darkness. If that is your story, then you've got to tell your story. I'm just going to skip to the very last verse of, of this psalm, which which talks about four different stories. We're going to look at those four different stories in this song over the next four weeks. But the very last verse in verse 43, it says, Let the one who is wise heed these things. If you're wise, listen to these stories. Listen to what God has done in people's lives and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. Think about how loving God is. And so through this series, as we tell some of these stories, I'm praying that we will listen to what God is saying to us because that's what wise people do. And we'll think about how loving God is. You see, God wants the redeemed to tell their story so that others will come to know his unfailing love because god's grace is not just for a few god god wants all to receive his grace and his mercy in their lives and so we're just going to look at the first story this morning verses 4 to 9 in psalm 107 if you've got a bible open it up there we're kind of going to sit here jump around to some other places over the next four weeks but we're going to keep coming back to this one song for four weeks. It says, Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. Now, this is Israel's story. It's a story of, you know, wandering in desert wastelands and they couldn't find a way home. I wonder this morning, have you ever been lost in the desert? You know, a few years ago, we decided to drive across the Simpson Desert and we drove over 1,100 sand dunes. You know, you go over one sand dune and another one, and then you think maybe over the third one, there'll be something a bit different. You think maybe, you know, there'll be McDonald's or a beach or, you know, just something. But the desert is not a place that you just wander aimlessly. The desert's a place that you pass through because you go over one sand dune, it's just exactly the same. There's no food and there's no water over the other side of that sand dune. The desert, you know, is, is a wasteland. It's devoid of food. It's devoid, you know, of, of water. You know, it's a, it's a place where there is no shade. There is no shelter. You know, there is a heck of a lot of flies. And when we were there, there was a mice plague. So if you left anything out during the night, mice ate it. Whatever it was, rubber thongs, food, anything, mice just ate everything. It's not a place that you stay. No food, no water, you know, no relief from the weather. It was hot during the day, cold during the night, lots and lots of flies. But you'll never, never know if you never, never go. The desert's a place that you pass through. You don't wander aimlessly. Israel wandered aimlessly for a long time, and I tell you, the desert's a place you don't want to get lost. Unfortunately, we did. We we couldn't follow. We couldn't follow the normal track because of a flood that had happened upstream and it, it cut us off, and so. A couple of days before we left, we, uh, we rang someone who told us the way through another track and he said it might be a bit overgrown and not very clear. Well, that was true and his uh, instructions were not very clear either. And so we're kind of day two into this second part of the, the track and we're lost and we see a signpost with nothing written on it. <laughs> we hadn't seen a car. All day, we had no one to ask for directions, and the first, the only signpost we came along had absolutely nothing written on it. We were lost in the desert, and to make it worse, it was Susan's 40th birthday. And so, as it was getting dark and we're tired and hungry, we decided to set up camp. Now, there's a couple of rules with camping with your family. First one is, never set up camp when you're tired and you're hungry and it's dark. The second one is, if you're fortunate enough to have a caravan, never ask your wife to help you to back your caravan into a camping spot. If you do either of those two things when you're camping, you will end up in that counselling centre. You you will need help. Your marriage will be in trouble. But but anyway, we, uh, we did set up camp in the dark and once we'd uh, stopped arguing. We, we sat down to celebrate Susan's fortieth birthday. There were no presents. There was no party food. There was no uh, there, there was no celebrations. There we were lost in the desert. I had two balloons. I have no idea why I had these balloons. But the only thing we had to celebrate her birthday with was two balloons I tied to the bull bar of the Land Cruiser. Happy 40th birthday, my beautiful bride. In the moment, I had no one else to blame. It was my idea to drive across the desert. It was my decision to go the wrong way at that signpost and get us even more lost. I had no one to blame and so in the moment, I said, I'm sorry. This has been a lousy way to celebrate your 40th birthday. I promise you when you turn 50, I'll take you to Paris. <laughs> if I'm really honest, I thought it would quickly be forgotten and it might just stop a few tears. But in two years' time, because my wife is getting really old, she'll turn 50 in two years, she's never forgotten it, I've got to take her to Paris. I tell you, there's not much fun about being lost in the desert. Israel knew all about it. They were lost in the desert and they couldn't find their way home. They, they didn't just spend a 40th birthday in the desert. Some of them spent 40 birthdays in a row in the desert. It wasn't a fun place to be. And they had no one else to blame. When God tried to lead them, to a new home they didn't trust him and they took a wrong turn our wrong turn you know probably meant you know four to six hours of extra driving through sand their wrong turn meant 40 years in the desert but they cried out to God and God was so gracious to them God gave them food every day they were in the desert he provided for them God made water come out of a rock and God was present with them in the desert. He didn't leave them there on their own. But he put a cloud in the sky for them to follow during the day and fire lit up the sky at night for them to, so that they'd know, they knew he was there with them during the night. For 40 years he was so gracious to them and so faithful to them. And once they eventually trusted him and listened to his word and stepped out in faith, he led them to a home where they could settle. And it was a good home. If you read the stories, you know, in the Old Testament, it was a place where they could grow many crops and their empty stomachs were filled. But it was also a home where God graciously made his home with them. No, no, no longer just a cloud, you know, during the day or or fire at night. But his very presence, you know, was in the tabernacle and then it was in the temple where they could come and worship him. And so it wasn't just their empty stomachs that were filled, but their empty souls were filled because they could worship the God who created them. That was their story. And so God tells them, this isn't just for you. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Because I want others to get in on this story. And maybe this morning this is your story. You weren't literally lost in a physical desert, but you remember a time in your life when you were lost from God and you were wandering aimlessly and you were chasing after things hoping to fill your empty soul. But there's this gnawing hunger on the inside. You knew there must be something more to life. And at some stage in your story, God actually found you. When you were lost and you were empty on the inside, God found you. And you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And, and, and it's kind of life started to make sense in relationship with God. And He filled you with hope and with purpose for the future. And that's your story. And if that's your story, God says to you this morning, tell your story because the grace that you've received is not just for you and it's not just for a few, but it's for all. His heart is that we would all be found in Christ and we would all be filled with hope and purpose for the future. He wants to fill the hungry with good things. If that's your story, tell your story. Hey, and uh, it's really great this morning that uh, Dylan is going to come and uh, share his story because that's his story. Would you give Dylan a big hand as he uh, comes up? Hi, mate. Great to have you here. Grab a seat. I know you're probably a bit more used to, uh, you're a builder, you're a bit more used to being on the building site or sitting around in, uh, in camping uh, areas than actually on stage speaking. So I really, right. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate it, mate. You're really well prepared and I love your story. Thank mate, you. just tell us a little bit of um, life, you know, before you came to know Jesus, uh, you didn't know God personally. Uh, before you were 25, you kind of knew about God, but you you didn't know Him. Just uh, what were some of the things you were chasing after, hoping you know to fill that emptiness on the inside? And did you find it?
1: Yeah. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. In my early 20s, I spent a lot of time partying, clubbing, um, filling my time um, going to the gym. This consumed a lot of my life. Um, also, uh, when I was in my early 20s, I did start my business. So after my clubbing and partying days um, I spent a lot of time building my business um, and I was chasing success. All these things I was consuming my life with, with um, it just felt like there was still an emptiness and uh, I just had a void inside me that I was just searching for something. Um, in my early 20s I found myself you know, self uh, very um, self-focused, uh, very immature, I uh, wanted to live uh, life my way and I thought I had it all. Um, so, after chasing all these things, I just knew you know, there was more to life and that I still had that emptiness. Something was missing in my life and I was searching for a greater purpose. So, during this time, I thought there must be more to life um, than being born, growing up, going to school, getting a career, working and then getting old. I still felt lost and I knew there was more to life. So, all these things I was chasing, there was still more to it.
0: Mate, uh, thanks for just sharing honestly and, and transparently. Uh, when you when you're 25, you actually uh, did start to ask some questions about Jesus and try and find out, you know, what, what, uh, what God, uh,
1: you know, wanted to do in your life. Just tell us,
0: how did that happen and, and what has he done in your life?
1: Yeah, that's right. So um, a friend of mine invited me to attend church, but... Uh, I just thought church was for old people, um, they are in old buildings with stained glass windows and I just thought it wasn't, wouldn't be interesting. I have always believed there was a God, but I didn't know much about Him and I didn't have a personal relationship with Him. But I thought, decided to take up this offer and I attended church for my first time. So after attending church, I just felt there was a sense of hope and that I had a new perspective of life. However, I still had a lot of questions about this guy called Jesus. I only attended a church a few times and still I, uh, until I stopped going. But at the age around 25, um, I first attended Gateway Baptist Church with my now wife. Um, at this stage, I still had a lot of questions, and um, I was just searching for a lot of these answers. Questions like, why is Jesus so important to us? What has he done for us? Why is the Bible so relevant in, our today's, in today's life? And also, what does it mean to have a personal relationship with our God? But after t- attending church regularly, you know, I used to come to the 6 p.m. service, you know, every week um, with Kirsten and my wife. And um, we started, a, we, we completed a course uh, called Starting Point, which is the same course as Alpha. Um, we joined a life group, surrounded myself with the right people. And after praying to God a number of times, I was getting the answers I was searching for. So Jesus was the answer. I was searching for all this time. And this was what my life was missing. I was filling my life with unhealthy workloads and worldly possessions, thinking this would fill me, but still left a void in my life. So what has Jesus Jesus done to me and what has he given me in my life? Um, He's given me new direction and purpose. As I know, he wants to be included in my everyday life. I can talk to him every day while I'm at work or while I'm spending time with my family. It doesn't matter what I'm going through, I know Jesus is always there for me. Jesus gives me hope for my future, he strengthens me when I'm low, and he makes me whole. He has filled that empty void in my life, so I don't need to fill it with any materialistic things. Sometimes when I feel I'm not good enough, he tells me yes I am. When I start to stress about something, I just pray and he does reassure me. Jesus has given me the direction he has given me hope and he has given me purpose to my life now.
0: Uh, that's awesome, mate. Why don't you just thank, uh, <laughs> thank Dylan this morning. And, I, mate, I've, I've loved watching your journey from the days just sitting at our 6 p.m. service trying to work out uh, what all this is about. And, and it took a while for you to get to that point of putting your faith in uh, Jesus. But I've, I've watched you uh, choose to follow Jesus in every area of your life. I've watched you uh, choose to put Jesus first in your business and your family. You've now got two beautiful daughters and you're raising them uh, to, to know Jesus. And, mate, I've just loved uh, what he's done in your life. And uh, I really want to thank you for sharing your story today. If you were just going to, you know, just a couple of sentences, just say, you know, this is my story, and this is what I really love about Jesus. What would you say?
1: Yeah, since, so since following Jesus um, and allowing him into my life, he's given me purpose and direction. He has filled that emptiness, um, what, which I always needed. And he has blessed my life, you know, my business, my family, everything that's associated with myself abundantly. One of the thing, things I really love about Jesus is his love cannot be earned and is unconditional. So Jesus didn't mind, you know, what my background was, where I come from. I always knew he was always there for me, and he just wanted to be included in my everyday life while I'm here on earth and for eternity. Just one of the biggest things is, you know, like I sat in these pews week after week, and I knew that it was a calling for myself. And I didn't receive God's, God's blessing and didn't accept Jesus. And I thought, I'll do it it next week, and then next week come, and I'd go, no, I'll receive Jesus for the week after. But I believe there's people here today that just needs to receive it. Not uh, not for tomorrow and not do it next week, but today is your day. So I encourage everyone, whoever's here, if that's you, please receive it for Jesus today.
0: Mate, why don't you put your hands together for Dylan the preacher. (laughs) Thanks, mate. Hey, that's Dylan's story. Uh, I love the fact that he's telling his story. Uh, And I know he's not just telling it here, but he's telling it in in other places because he's been changed by the grace of God and he wants others to be changed by his grace too. I want to encourage you, tell your story. You know, that that can be your story. You see, this is the cool thing. As, As Dylan said you know, Jesus' love for us is unconditional. It doesn't matter what we've done in the past, it doesn't matter how many wrong turns we've taken, it doesn't matter where we've ended up. It's the story of Jesus that can make this story in Psalm 107 our story. That the story of Jesus means that this story, just for the people of Israel, can be for all people, whatever wrong turns we've taken, this story can be our story. You know, when Jesus walked on the earth, he, he knew what it was like to walk through the desert. He, he wasn't saved from walking through challenging times. You know, some of us here begin to question, is God really real when we've got to walk through desert-like times, when we walk through challenges and, and it's tough and it's hard and the conditions aren't easy? Sometimes we begin to question, well, is God really real? He's allowing me to do this. Jesus the Son of God. It says it was led by the Spirit into the desert. Matthew 4, verses 1 to 4, let me just read the first part of that. It says, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. No kidding. The tempter came to him and said, if you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it's written, man shall not live on bread alone. But on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, Jesus didn't question, you know, whether his father cared, whether, you know, whether his father was still at work in the world when he was led, you know, into the desert and he was going through tough times. He knew. He, he knew the presence of the Spirit with him. He knew his father with him, was with him. And, and he knew how to nourish himself. He knew how to feed himself on the word of God when he was walking through tough times. He says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that that comes from the mouth of God. And I, and I wonder if some of us here this morning are feeling a little empty on the inside. We're actually hungry for more. And I wonder if some of us have got to learn to feed on the Word of God. You see, I I believe some of us this morning need a change of diet. You see, we are what we eat. You are what you eat. I wish it wasn't true. I I really do wish, you know, I could eat pizza and a six-pack and still have a six-pack. You know, I I wish that was possible. Actually, I shouldn't say still have a six-pack and get a six-pack. You know, I, I wish... I wish I could eat a dozen donuts for breakfast and not look like a donut. But but I can't. You know this is true. We are what we eat. If we, if we live on an unhealthy diet, our bodies will be unhealthy. We know that's true. If we want to change our physical health and well-being. We know we need to change our diet. And I believe that God is saying to some of us today, it's time for a change of diet. Now, now I'm not a, uh, a doctor or a nutritionist or a personal trainer, so I'm not going to talk to you about your physical diet. But I am your pastor, so I am going to talk to you about your spiritual diet. Because I believe some of us are feeling empty on the inside and hungry for more, And it's not because God doesn't have something to give you. You're just surviving on a lousy diet. You know, some of us are binging on Netflix pixels every night when God has put a billion pixels in the sky that reveals his glory. And we're never stopping to look up and to see the glory of God. Some of us, even more damaging, a snacking on on porn sites, hoping that it's going to somehow fill this need that's within us, where where God's actually given us his spirit, like streams of living water that will satisfy our thirst, will satisfy our soul. You know, some of us are, are escaping reality or trying to escape reality through reality TV rather than actually stepping into authentic community, actually stepping into a place of, of community where we can actually grow in our faith together as, as, as we feed on the words of God from one another. And, and some of us, and I think this is happening you know, more and more, you know, some, some of us are snacking on snippets from Facebook Just little, you know, tidbits about God. Just little, little snippets that might be true. When God has given us, you know, the majesty and the beauty of his word to nourish our soul every day. Psalm 107 says, They were hungry and thirsty and their lives ebbed away. And I reckon some of us here this morning, if we're really honest, would say we're feeling empty on the inside and we're hungry for more, and it feels like life is just ebbing away. It's time for a change of diet. You know, nutritionists do tell us, you know, we should be eating five serves of veggies and two serves of fruit, and, you know, we should be exercising 30 minutes a day. It's good for our bodies. And I wonder if we've just got to... We kind of know it works. And I wonder if we've just got to get some of that same discipline into our spiritual diet. I just want to encourage you again. You know, I've been saying this for quite a long time here. Just come to one service on a Sunday, every Sunday, to lift up the name of Jesus, to surround yourself, you know, with, with people that are declaring the truth, uh, about Jesus, to confess our sins together and our desperate need of Jesus, make it a habit. Make it a habit in your life that feeds you spiritually. Even Jesus, when, when he's walking you know, on earth, it says, as was his custom to be in the tabernacle, to be with God's people, to read God's word together. It was his custom. Well, why do you think You know, if Jesus needed to put that kind of discipline in his life that you don't. I wonder if we just need to change your diet. Don't just be here every weekend that you feel like it and the the weather's, you know, just uh, suitable for you. And, uh, you know, there's nothing better on. Make it your custom, your discipline. Change your diet. It's being one life group. That's why we do... um, group link we just believe that every person needs to be in an authentic community of other uh, people working out how to follow the ways of Jesus we can actually when we're struggling to get into the word of God for ourselves and we're going through desert seasons people can speak into our lives can cheer us on We need it. There's times we'll all be the person walking through the desert and we need that community around us and there'll be times where we're the person, when others are walking through the desert, we're there for them. But you won't be if you're not committed to it. It's not part of your diet. One service every Sunday, one one life group that, that, that you belong to and find one place to serve. You see, the Holy Spirit, if you put your faith in Jesus, He lives in you. And it's actually as you choose to serve, it's actually as you lay down your life and allow the Spirit to do His work in you that you find real fulfillment. Jesus says if if you want to save your life, if you want to find real life, you've got to lose it. You've got to give it away. This is crazy. It's countercultural to what the world tells you. The world tells you find people to serve you. Find people that will meet your every need. Jesus says the exact opposite. That you'll actually find your greatest source of satisfaction. You'll find your greatest source of significance in life. You'll be filled up on the inside by laying your life down and serving others. Be in one service on a Sunday, every Sunday. Be, Be in one life group. We're doing life with people cheering one another on and find one place to serve. And if, if, we need, if our bodies need 30 minutes of exercise in some form or another to, to stay healthy, what, what, if, what if to stay spiritually healthy, we just got in our calendars just 30 minutes to spend time alone in the presence of God every day? We can all do it. I know we can do it. We spend plenty of time on Netflix, Facebook, all those other things. You've got 30 minutes. You're no busier than the person sitting next to you. It's just priorities. I know there's different seasons of motherhood and all different stages of life where it's hard to find that 30 minutes. You've got to be creative. I'm not going to unpack all of that now. Get in your calendar. Just 30 minutes. Whether it's reading the Bible for five minutes and spending 25 minutes in prayer as you look up at the stars, or whether it's reading for 25 minutes and waiting for God to speak to you and and journaling. What he writes, I use this really simple SOAP method of reading the Bible. If you haven't got a way of reading the Bible, SOAP just stands for S, Scripture, O, Observation, A, Application, P, Prayer. I just read the Bible until there's a scripture. I really feel like God's speaking to me. I observe what's happening in it. I apply it to my own life and I pray a prayer and I just got the discipline to write it down. It feeds me every day. Some of us need a change of diet because you will walk through desert seasons. You will have times where life is tough and God has not left you. God is there. He's there in the middle of that storm. He's right there in that desert. And he's speaking to you and he's strengthening you. Psalm 107 says he fills the hungry with good things. He's got good things for you. It's not that he hasn't provided a wonderful meal for you to eat. Some of you just got a lousy diet. I mean, you can survive. You can survive on cheese Doritos and Diet Coke. I give it a red hot go whenever Susan's away. You you can survive and you can find ways of justifying it. You know, cheese, it's good for you. It gives you strong bones. Diet Coke, diet, it kind of weighs out the chips part. I justify it and it's stupid. But some of us are doing it in our spiritual diet. We are justifying why we're not here every week. We're justifying why we're not in a life group. We're justifying, you know, why we can't use our gifts to serve. We're justifying why I can't spend time with God every day and you're wondering why. Your faith is weak and you don't have the strength to walk through this difficult season. It's time for a change of diet. I've had a picture for many years as I pray for the church in Australia, and it's this picture of God setting out a banquet for us. And that's what he says he does in in a different song. In Psalm 23, it says he prepares a banquet for us, even in the presence of our enemies. When we're going through challenging times, where it feels like everything's against us right there, and then in that moment, there's a banquet to nourish our soul. I've had this picture for many years of God just laying out this banquet for us. And people are just sitting in the corner nibbling on the corn chips and the diet cake. Now, God, He offers this banquet to every single one of us. It's just whether we're going to choose to eat. You know, Luke 15. It's an incredible story Jesus tells about this lost son who makes all of these wrong turns, terrible decisions, chases after everything that the world offers to try and satisfy this need that's within him. He goes partying and clubbing. He takes all of his dad's money. He thinks this is what is going to fill me. This is going to make me happy. But then he gets to a time where he's got nothing left. He's in desperate need. And he thinks, and he's hungry, he's starving to death as he's feeding the pigs and people give him nothing to eat. And then it says he comes to his senses and he remembers that even his father's hired servants had plenty to eat. And he decides to go back home, just hoping that he can sit in the corner and eat the corn chips and drink the Diet Coke. But what happens when he gets home? His father's been waiting for him, and he kills the fattened calf. That this son who deserves nothing, that this son who deserves to be relegated and just thrown some scraps. When he comes home to his father after he chases after everything that the world offers and he comes up empty-handed and he's got nothing left and he's starving hungry and he's about to die and he finally turns for home. What's the father got for this undeserving son? The best meal he's ever eaten. He kills the fattened calf. says, take it. You're my son. I wonder if some of us here are sitting here and going, you know, I'll never be that super spiritual person. I'll never be the person who really hears from God and feeds on the Word of God. I'm just happy to sit in the corner surviving on the corn chips until I get to heaven. That is not what God's designed for you. As Dylan said this morning, it doesn't matter where you've been, how many wrong turns you've taken, what dumb things you've done, if you'll just turn around and come back to the Father, he's got the best meal you've ever eaten. He's got a banquet in the presence of your enemies. Some of you need to change your diet this morning. Some of you need to choose to feed on the Word of God and it'll strengthen you. In the season that you're walking through, and some of you won't know that He's strengthening you for a season you're going to have to walk through into the future. And you won't see it at the moment, but as we sung this morning, He's always working. He's always strengthening you and preparing you for the future. He fills the hungry with good things. And He leads us home when we get lost. You know, the the son in Luke 15, he took a wrong turn in life. Dylan this morning was heading down the wrong track. He's heading for the place that he thought would make him happy. He ended up with nothing. Luke chapter 15, it says his son was chasing after all that the world offered him and he ended up homesick. He just wanted to go home and be a servant in his father's house. You see, every single one of us here in this room this morning, we are made to be in relationship with God and we'll be restless until we find our way home. An old dude named Augustine said, thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. Have you found your way home this morning? I wonder if some of us have taken just a little wrong turn on the journey and you're feeling restless. Psalm 107, it says, God leads us by a straight way to a place where we can settle. For Israel, that meant he led them by you know, fire in the sky and a cloud during the day. It was a sign that he was present with them and he was leading them home. They were no longer restless. They were settled. He led them to a home to settle in. A home's a good place. It's a place of protection. It's a place of comfort. It's a place where we belong. It's a place where we can be ourselves. As I said before, when we were lost in the desert, we were desperate for a sign. We we found this sign, but there wasn't nothing written on it. It didn't matter how hard Andy looked at it. There was nothing on it. We were desperate for a sign. We were desperate for a way to get home. And sometimes we get frustrated with signs, don't we? we we do, we get frustrated with a sign like this. We don't want to stop. We just want to keep going, but signs save lives. We get frustrated with a sign like this. We, We kind of know kids are important, but 40 is so slow. Signs save lives. We we don't like seeing a sign like this. It's an inconvenience. When we were lost in the desert, we didn't get to a sign like that, but essentially the track just stopped and we had to do that. We don't like it when we see a sign like that, but it saves lives. I, I wonder if some of us, we've taken a bit of a wrong turn somewhere on our journey. And we've ended up in a place we were hoping was going to fill the emptiness on the inside. know, maybe some of us have, you know, we've headed you know, to, to Romance Central. We're thinking, if I just find the right girl, the right guy, then everything's going to turn out happy and I'll be satisfied on the inside. Sure way to wreck a relationship, if that's the way you're going into it. It's never going to work. It's never going to fill the emptiness. You're just going to wreck one relationship after the next, you know, maybe you've, you've gone down a track, and you've just decided, if I just do what feels good sexually, I'm just going to head to Sex City, do what feels good, I'm going to feel, you know, satisfied on the inside. Some of you have gone down that road. And you you might be secretive about it right now, but you've gone down that road, whether it's looking at porn or whether it's in a relationship that you shouldn't be in and you're just finding it's not all it's cracked up to be. It's never enough. I I still need more. You know, some of you have believed if I just get enough money or I'm just successful enough, I just reach the heights of success. And once I get there, then I might pay attention to God. But right now, that's my priority. Make as much money as I can and, uh, and, and be as successful as I can. Then I, I, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be fulfilled. I can relax. And then I'll think about God. But you've got there and it's not enough. It's not enough. It'll never be enough. Because God's designed you to be in a relationship with Him. He's designed you so that your relationships, your sexuality, your money, your purpose in life, all good things that make sense when He's at the centre of our story. We're all called to a relationship with him, and we'll all be restless until we come home. Now, I wonder if some of us have just taken a wrong turn. You might be someone who uh, you are a follower of Jesus, but you've been tempted to take a wrong turn. You've ended up in the wrong place, and it's time to turn around. It's time to come home. You've been camping somewhere for too long, and it's time to come home. There's others of you here this morning a little bit like Dylan. You kind of believe there's a God out there but you've actually never turned around. You've never, the Bible calls it repentance. You've never actually turned around and come home. This is the good news. I just want to remind us of Jesus' story makes a way for this to be everyone's story. You see, we we don't, We don't have a sign in the sky. We we don't have God turning up in in a cloud or or fire at night. The greatest sign to all of mankind was that God himself came down to earth. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he came to earth and, and he lived a perfect life full of miraculous signs to show us that he really was God. But the greatest miracle of all was that he went to a cross And on that cross, he actually took everything that once separated you from the God who created you, that stopped you from coming home. He actually took all of your sin, all of the wrong turns you've made, all of of the mistakes you've made, he took it upon himself on the cross and it was put to death. So that what once separated you from God was gone, it was done with. But it wasn't the greatest miracle, in fact. I mean, it's a great miracle that the God who threw stars into space actually, you know, separated, you know, you from your sins as far as the east is from the west. That's a miracle. But three days later, the one who was crucified on your behalf actually overcame death. He rose from the dead and he made a way for every single person, every man, every woman, every child, whatever background, wherever you've come from, whatever culture, whatever you've done in the past. He made a way for every person to come in to relationship with God, to know eternal life now and forevermore. What you've got to do is obey the signs. Firstly, to repent, to turn around and say, I've been looking for... I've been looking for hope and satisfaction and meaning in all the wrong places. I'm turning to God and faith, saying, Jesus, I believe you are who you said you are. You did what you said you were going to do, and you're alive today. See, if you repent, put your faith in Jesus, no matter where you've been camping out for a while, you can come home. And home is a great place. Home is an inviting place. On every home, there's a door. There is a way in. And it's through what Jesus has done for you, for all mankind. You can walk through that door. You can come home to a place where you always belonged, a place where you'll find meaning and hope and satisfaction. I reckon there's some of us here this morning, you believe in God, but you've never actually had a personal relationship with God and it's time to come home. And some of you, that you've put your faith in Jesus as Lord and Saviour, but you've been camping out in the wrong place for a while and it's time to come home. I, I'd love to lead you in a prayer this morning if, uh, if that's you. Maybe you've been sitting in these pews for a while, maybe it's the first time you're here, but today is your day to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Can we just close our he- eyes, bow our heads right now. And if today is your day, Today is your day to say, I'm sorry, God, please forgive my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I choose to live with you and for you from now on. Can I just get you, just to raise your hand just wherever you are right now. Just just stick it in the air and say, that's me. I'm praying that prayer today. Bless you. That's cool. Who else today? Bless you. I see that hand. There's others of you here. Bless you. Down the front, bless you. Good man. Good man. Who else today? You just say, that's me. That's me. I want to pray that prayer today. That's cool. I see your hand, mate. You can put yours down. Good man. Who, who else today? Just say, that's my prayer. You'd love to pray with me. Pray to God today. Okay, let's all just pray it together. If you've stuck your hand up, if you're part of this family and you believe it today, let's all pray it together. Father God, thank you for loving me. Speak it out loud. I'm sorry for the way that I've sinned against you. I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I receive that forgiveness today. And I choose to follow you from now on. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, can we just put our hands together for those guys? Hey, uh, we just love to give you. Uh, just, I might leave this disrespect, Davis. Thanks. <laughs> we'd love to give you uh, some information uh, this morning. We'd uh, we'd love to help you get started in your relationship with God. If someone doesn't find you, can I encourage you to go to the welcome lounge and just say, "Hey, I'd uh, I'd just love a Bible. I'd love to get started in following Jesus." We'd love to uh, help you do that today. Can we stand together? I'm going to get our prayer team and our our pastoral team out the front. I I just believe there's a bunch of people this morning that are going through a desert. You're going through a challenging time. It's a tough time. You're going through a stormy time. It's a time where you're just not sure how you're going to get through. You're not kind of sure where it's going to end. You're not kind of sure what the, the outcome will be. And this morning, you just say, hey, as I'm walking through this season, I just need God to strengthen me, to sustain me. Some of you are saying I need to change a diet, and that's great. That's what you can do beyond here. But uh, right now, you just say, hey, please, just pray with me. Pray for me. I just need to know the strength of God. I need to know God just nourishing my soul today. I want to stay faithful to God in the desert. I want to I learn to feed on His Word in the desert. Whatever you're walking through this morning, just come. Just let these guys pray for you. It's one of the joys of being part of a community of faith. Just as these guys begin to sing, just start to come. I know there's a whole bunch of you who just say, Hey, I am, I am going to be filled with the power of God. I'm going to be filled with the Word of God as I walk through this season. Just come as we sing together. We hope you've been blessed
1: by this message. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to encourage you on your journey. Help us help you by going to gatewaybaptist.com.au and clicking on Get Connected.